Hey everyone, this is Dan the GM, welcoming you to episode 81 of What the Dice. That's right guys, 81 episodes in, that means 19 until the big 100. I have no clue what I'm going to do for episode 100. We might do something special, I got to figure that out. But if you guys want to catch up with anything that we got going on, jump on over to our Twitter, you can find us at What the Dice Pod. And, of course, our Patreon, which you can find that on our website, whatthedice.weebly.com. And we got a YouTube channel. I've got gaming going on. I've got uh, the episodes and all sorts of other stuff that we got going on. I'm always adding something new. That's, that's my goal is to, to add something new. Give YouTube that what the dice flavor. Past that, that's all I got, guys. But I do want to thank you exorbitantly for everything you guys have done, sharing us and all that. And don't forget, we got a Patreon, which is what the dice underscore podcast. From there, you can see all sorts of cool stuff that we going on and stuff that we got planned. Past that, I got to thank you again. And this is Dan the GM thanking you and bringing you episode 81 of What the Dice. As we look out at the campsite, the old storyteller stretches his back, giving a deep, deep yawn. He slowly runs his fingers across the spine of the book. Looking at us, he smiles. Well, be friends. It seems as if now that Clyde has disappeared and the team has kind of resituated themselves, they came up with a new game plan. They're going to question certain people and see if they cannot figure out who murdered the cat. Well, I can tell you that solving a murder isn't as easy as one might think. But I'm sure our adventurers can figure it out. Well, my friends, sit back, relax, and hear me tale. In the last episode, Clyde was absconded by the Rat Scholar to help with a big battle that only he can help with. You all have decided to convene in your luxury cabin and go over the last handful of years of love letters that were written between about 15 to 18 lovers and the captain coming to the conclusion of or coming to the theory of that the most current lover might have snuck on board is your your going theory it seems you now are all going to do the big taboo of all D&D, which is you're going to split the party again. Oh. Defibulous is going to go talk to the crew. Kalila is going to try to schmooze with a merchant. And 
Faye is going to schmooze with the only three female that is not a part of the team. So a drow chef, which works with the team with that works on the Murdoch, the elf wife, and the only other female human on board. Sounds about right. Yeah, seems legit. But now you're going to have to uh, thank the makers of D&D now that you've mentioned them instead of Pathfinder. <sighs> <laughs> but we're not but we're not playing D&D. We're playing Pathfinder. We're not playing D&D. Yes, but you mentioned that it was a taboo thing to do in D&D to split the party. It is a taboo thing to do. Yes, but now that you've mentioned it, Every time this team splits, someone gets high on slug bites. I wasn't. I was with the party when that happened. Thank you. Yeah, actually, he was. We're missing a whole party member now. Yeah. So there. So does that mean the rest of this uh, adventure until Clyde returns is cursed because you've permanently split the party? Don't don't you do that to us? Don't throw that on us. Don't. Uh. 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 So what would you guys like to do? Who wants to start this? One, event? two, three, not it. Not it. So, Faye. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Almost choked on some sushi because of that. <laughs> so, Faye, how do you want to start schmoozing with the females? Hold on, she has this I'm a raccoon that just got ran over by a bus look on her. I've been had. You should be used to this by now. Faye's not. And at this point, do we need to get some special music going for her to go smooth with the uh, ladies? <gasps> Sex noodle music? It'll be in post. Woohoo! Okay, there's like this really cool synthwave soundtrack with a bunch of saxophone in there. I, I would like that, please. See what I can do. The requests no have been made. <laughs> and you'll find out when this episode is edited in six to eight weeks. Okay, but when do we get to hear it? Hear it. <laughs> Well, I guess it depends on if you're a patron or not. You hear that, people? <laughs> Wait, you're on the cast, which means you have access to the patron library. Yes. Never mind. But our patrons! They'll get to find out sooner. Okay, anyway. um, I think I'm going to flag down the lovely, helpful Terry again and ask him... I'm... I'm gonna ask him everything he knows about the other ladies on board, including the chef and what her name is, because I don't think that's been mentioned. Okay. As you walk up the stairs, guess what? Terry is standing at the top of the stairs watching everything around him. As you approach, he gives you a slight bow and steps back a little bit to give you space to get through. Hey, Terry. Can I, um... Can I ask you about the other females on board? Uh... We're forming a little bit of a hypothesis here, and I just need a little bit of information. Um, also, what's the chef's name? Uh, she's quite talented. The chef is Talzar. She is a uh, drow chef that joined the crew oh, just after I joined. She was the, the port we went to after that. She is a skilled chef and comes from a family of chefs. And her town did not have any more availability. She is the youngest of 13 children. And basically had the choice of either 
trying to go out and start her own restaurant and compete against her family or go off into the world and try to find her own place as a chef. You know, if I were 13th in line, I think I'd leave too. Yes, she is very talented. I actually had a, a moment to eat at her family's establishment and the food is good, but she seems to add a little pizzazz to it. You can taste the passion, huh? Which, uh, which port did you say she came from? He mentions a small seaport that is in the elven dist- uh, uh, the elven side of the continent, and it is well known for its fish and pastries. I think I shall have to look up her family's restaurant next time I'm there. Enough. As for the other two, the elven woman is Balana. She is the wife of Valen. She is his first wife, comes from a noble family, and has a sister and I believe a brother. Uh, she is the eldest and is very particular about how she wants things done. She is definitely from noble blood. We had to acquire special linens for her to sleep on because the ones we had were not good enough for her skin. As for the female woman, her name is Katana. And as far as I know, she is from a family of middle-of-the-road merchants from a middle-of-the-road town. Uh, by what she has told me extensively, she won beauty contests when she was younger and felt that only a elf would respect her beauty as much as anyone else. Apparently, she has a thing for elven males. I know what that's like, having a type. Yep. Okay, let me figure out who I want to go talk to first. Alright. One, two, three, not it? I just was it. Yeah, so that leaves Ethan. Rise and slander. Alright, Defibulous will start looking for crew members to interrogate. Okay. So, heading back down to the cockpit area. As you walk down there, you notice that the captain has been laid down, wrapped in some uh, cloth, and is currently being set in a what looks like magical box and is being sealed up. The rest of the crew are setting the dials and everything back up checking over everything as they're clearly being prepared to start the engines back up as much as they're able to. The navigator looks up at you and goes, so how goes it up there? You figured out who offed him? Ah, we're working on it. Yeah, if we need to look at his body, we can get into that box again, right? Yes, this is just a box that we have just in case people pass away on long journeys. It's basically keeps the body cold and keeps it from decaying too quickly. Yeah, that's pretty smart. So, I have questions. Mm, about? Uh, a lot of stuff, but pertaining to what's going on, um, what'd you guys think of the captain anyway? The navigator shrugs. He goes, it's a captain. He was a dick. He stuck his uh stuff in too much crazy. Uh, whenever we landed at port, he was the first one off the ship. Mm, stuck his stuff in how much crazy are we talking here? 
Well, between you, me, and the corpse, uh, sticking it in one bit of crazy is one thing. He, uh, when we first brought him on, he had a passion for strong women. Half-orc, an orc here or there, dwarf a couple of times. Then, as he traveled, we found him with ratlings, lizard folk, an elf or two, a couple humans. Should I continue on? Actually, did you by chance get any of their names? As you ask for names, the first mate just starts to laugh. He goes, oh, the captain literally just all gave them the name his lovely or his love or some semblance of that term just so he couldn't so he didn't have to remember names any particular crazy that stood out they all kind of look at each other and the first mate chucks he goes well he did come back from a half work with a, a broken arm and a dislocated hip we don't know what happened. Now but... that's some snoo snoo. <laughs> uh, we don't know exactly what happened. And as we all kind of agreed, our personal life is our personal life. Now, if you're saying, did we like him as a captain? He liked to cut corners and keep things cheap as he could. That was irritating, but he wasn't a bad captain. Now, any like crazy that like is definitely crazy or obsessive they all kind of look at each other and they're like not that we know of after the uh the broken arm dislocated hip uh thing he stopped talking to us about his personal life which was kind of nice it made things a lot easier to deal with when uh he came back with whatever foul smelling perfume he got doused in that night this is the navigator or first officer? Navigator. So, do any of you guys know why he didn't want to, you know, pay Terry more? First mate chimes up and goes, well, he gave us the excuse of he wanted to hire someone with more skill and someone that had more experience in actual flight so that they could, so we could, you know, have another little bit of extra time to ourselves to relax or if there was an emergency, someone that could actually pilot. That was the excuse. Um, between us, we think it's because it reminds him of that he got us banned from one of the best ports in the world. Terry did or the captain? The captain. So Terry reminds him of the port we're not allowed to enter. So what was the reason for being banned? They all kind of look at each other and give a slight shrug. The first mate goes, I think it's woman-related. Like, I think he just ticked off the wrong woman. Mm, I see. Also... I mean, we were escort Like, he was escorted to the Murdoch by armed guards, and we were told not to return. Ooh, steamy. Guards or, like, knights, paladins? What? They all just kind of shrugged. The first mate's like, well, they had big, shiny armor, big, shiny shields, and big, sharp weapons. It doesn't matter who they work for. Things were sharp, intimidating, and we decided to just go. I see. Also, do the, do the automatons 
uh, keep records of everyone who travel around them in the ship? What do you mean? You know, like, do they, can they be checked to see, like, if someone walked by them four hours ago? Mm, not really. Most of their programming is drink orders, facial, not facial recognition, but recognition of, like, who is part of the crew. And that way they know to ask and how to talk to guests. Um, past that, they really don't record anything. Does one go by the captain's court, the, the bridge, periodically? They are on tracks up on the casino deck. They never leave that area. Mm. All right. Um, can you guys let engineering know I'll be coming down there to talk to them? The engineer pops his head out and he's like, what? Oh, hi. I've got an engine to fix. What do you want? I have questions. He kind of gives you a head nod. Come on. If we're going to talk, I need to work. These engines have been cold too long. We got to get them started up the hard way. Oh, never a good thing. Yeah. And Defibrious will follow the head engineer. As you walk in, you can tell that the engines have gone cold. The steam that was once in there when you were first in there is no longer in the air. The engines aren't moving or making any type of sound. You see him walk over to a panel, pull out a spanner wrench, and begin to twist bolts. So, what do you want? What are your thoughts, you and your guys' thoughts on the uh, captain? He was a poon hound and a cheap captain. But he knew the skies and he knew how to fly. I heard a lot of talk that he uh, stuck it in some crazy one too many times. Any of the crazy stick out to you? He goes, yes. There's this one woman... We were at the the uh, Holy City. Met her, oh, what was it, five years ago? We had just established ourselves as a luxury liner, and we had just installed some of the, the new gambling stuff. He got to get talking to this, this pretty long, young thing. She was a private in the Paladins, and... uh Every time we landed, she greeted us at the docks, and then just one day, he's being escorted back to the ship at Blade Point, being told never to return, and all that. That's pretty serious. Yeah, uh, and as far as we know, it... We don't know what happened exactly, we just know that, uh... We got a formal letter from the Paladin Order saying that if we ever docked there, not only would we be held liable for invasion of, or like some weird term of basically saying that we're not allowed to be there. Trespassing, that's the term. And uh, that the captain would be arrested on site for something. We don't know. We, we didn't get details. But we just know that... Uh, the Murdoch is never allowed to go near there. There have been a couple of times the captain has flown by too close, and they have launched arrows up at us. Wow, he really pissed someone off. Yeah. Did uh, this paladin have a name by chance? He gives a shrug. He's like, I don't know. She ended up being some high ranker when we got kicked out. Mm, I see. And so what other, what type of corners was the cut, captain cutting on stuff? He goes, well, instead of buying steel, he would buy cheaper metals. 
Uh, let's see. The crystals that we used to power the engine, instead of buying something that was perfection cut, he would cut get crystals that were just okay. When it came to buying the clockwork robots, I wanted to make sure that they were all environmental sealed and made sure that there were no gaps that moisture could get in. He thought that was too expensive. He wanted it to where they had to have a controller type in the drink order, so you had to kind of know what was in your drink to order it. And the, uh, the ones that control the tables, we wanted to make sure that they had the ability to tell if someone was cheating. He talked us out of that. So a lot of just here and there, stuff that just would have made things a lot better for us. He just cut those corners as much as he could. Stupid question. Who would take food to the captain on the bridge at night anyway? Terry. Terry would? Okay. Interesting. If Terry was busy, it would be the chef. But Terry has always been a good guy and has always made himself available to whoever needs him. Gotcha. Do you need some help uh, starting that up real quick? He goes, no, we're going to just fix this where I can. I'll make sure none of the parts got damaged when... He cold killed the engines. Yeah, being dead doesn't help shutting off engines very well. Yeah, well, if you wouldn't have been chasing crazy, we probably wouldn't have this issue. Ah, eh, very true. Well, I, if you need help, I do know stuff about engineering. He nods. And with that, Defibrius will head back to the room to report what he's heard. So, Faye or Kalila, who wants next? I guess it's technically my turn, considering I, like, threw everybody else under the bus. Your turn. Lay down. All right, all right. Paint me yellow. All right, well, Wyla's going to do the exact same thing and go find Terry. Terry's at, at the, the top, top of the stairs. <laughs> I'm aware. As you approach, he gives you a slight bound. Nods. She goes, I want information. What, what can you tell me about... The dwarf merchant. And I'm also curious what the status is of the current bid. Like, has people already put in bids and we were waiting for another one? He goes, well, the merchant's name is Korganok. He is a mithril miner by profession. Uh, let's see. There hasn't been any updated bids that I know of. But they normally only submit bids at dock just so that there is the you know everyone's off the ship we can do our cleaning they have a chance to walk all the decks make and sure view it and tour yeah. it what has anybody put in do we know what the bids are he goes i do know that there were bids posted but that was two docks ago was the last time i've heard anything Usually I would overhear the captain and the first mate talking about the bids, but seeing that the captain is indisposed, I haven't heard anything since. But the first uh, mate would have an idea. Correct. Okay. Uh, we do know that in the last dock that we were at, the captain came back on board and seemed to not be able to speak very well. We were concerned about his health. We had a doctor check him out and apparently he had drank in something that pretty much silenced him which made the that doc stop 
pleasant. So at the last dock, he drank something that caused him to either be ill or lose his voice. Correct. The dock before we picked you and your compatriots up. Oh. That was... Okay. So what else can you tell me about Korganok? Other than he's a mithril miner. Why would a mithril miner be wanting to bid on the this? Motioning to the Murdoch. All of it. He smiles and he goes, Well, by what I've heard, at least by talking to him, is he wants to gut the Murdoch casino floor, update it, and then make sure everything is of high quality and use this more as a traveling office for himself as well as a luxury liner to offer up to people who are potentially buying large sums of his mithril. So a fancy business thing? Yes. She nods. So he doesn't want to continue to, I guess, leave it as a casino. It would be a casino, but it would be more of if he has need of it, it would be his prerogative to have the, the Murdoch first. Then past that, it would be used to be a casino as it is now, just more updated. Well, this is the fanciest thing that I've ever seen, so that's hard for me to imagine, but all right. And it's by what I've heard, he says he wants to cover it in mithril and make it look like it is the gleaming jewel of the sky. Okay, well, mithril would look nicer than... She'll look down to see if it's brass, gold, copper, or what? Brass. Brass. Because, I mean, at least it's not gold. It is very highly polished brass, but it is brass. Okay, fair enough. Mithril would make it look even more hoity-toity. Yes. She goes, what's his personality like? Is he talkative or what? From what I can tell, he can be talkative at late night, but usually around dinner time, he sits at the buffet and enjoys himself thoroughly. And he's here by himself? Yes. Apparently, he had the choice of either purchasing the mine or getting married, and he chose to purchase the mine. Hmm. All right. Where's the first mate at? I want to ask him a question before I go and try and talk to this guy. He is in the cockpit below. I'm going there, then. As you walk into the cockpit, Defibulus passes you. Oh, hey, Defibulus. Hi, bye. No, where are you going? Come on. What? Just one question, and then we can go meet Faye. All right. Don't go find the first mate. First mate is at the helm, fiddling with knobs and clearly trying to get the engine started as well. Twist those knobs. Twist those knobs. Pull those levers. Pull those levers. Yes, thank you for completing it. But no, she'll come in and go, I can I ask you a question? First mate looks up, he goes, Yes, yes, you can. There's About your the question. Bids. Thank you. About the bids. Yes. Were there any bids already? And who wh- who has bidded on the Murdoch? Because you have the merchant dwarf car cargan something who wants to buy it. Correct? And then there's yeah. another person. Who's the other person? Uh Valrin, the elf, and then we have 
Kolgarok, the dwarf. And then we had another bid from a rat folk king that I did not see the name because apparently the captain didn't like it and threw it away the minute it arrived. By what I heard, it was somewhere in the area of like 100 platinum. Ah, okay. Well, from what I heard, Terry said this is worth 500 platinum. Yes, but would you purchase something at its going rate when you could purchase it from cheaper? Oh, yeah, I'm not, that's fine. But who has bids other than that rat guy in no. this? So, Volan and Koganot both have bids pending. They said that they would be handing them in when we get to the lizard folk. So they have them, because they said you can only bid at dock. So what, they Correct. like have the papers ready to bid when they land? Yes, they chose to fly so that they could experience everything firsthand to know what they're purchasing. Ah, and then they fill out the paperwork for the, if they want to bid. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And then we have a couple other elf people that are putting bids in that are very low ball. And then we had a lizard folk that claims he is the descendant of dragons is putting in a bid for, I think, what I saw was 350 platinum. But we can't confirm that he has that amount of money on hand. All right. Well, I'm more concerned about the people who are on the ship, not off the ship, if you kind of understand why. Kind of you know, where the captain died. Yeah, no, I understand. You just asked how much the bids are. That's what I've got. Because, all right, that was my... Now, I have signed a preliminary with both saying that if their bid is accepted, that I will sell my part. Right, there's that shares part, which you and the crew all have a share, right? Right. Myself, the captain, the navigator... And the first mate, I am the first mate, the navigator, the engineer, the engineer, thank you, all have bids. And I have signed saying that no matter who wins the bid, I will sell my part. What about the others? Can we know of what they're doing? The engineer is refusing to give up on this ship. He is says he will stay on this ship no matter who owns it. So two votes of we don't care who it gets sold to. Oh, no, the engineer is saying that... Um, the only way for him to sell his shares if he is guaranteed his job. Yes, but he doesn't care who has it, right. is what I'm saying. So as long as he has a job, he doesn't care. Right. Okay. And then the navigator hasn't signed anything that I'm aware of. The captain said he had spoken to one of them about selling his share, but he refused to say who and all that. One of the crews, or did he talk to one of the merchants? Talk to one of the merchants. So he has already supposedly chosen who to sell to, but we don't know because he never actually showed us his contract saying that he has signed his share away. And we actually didn't find that in his office, did we? Are you asking him, or are you asking GM, or are you asking Defibulus? Defibulous. Uh, she's like, wait, didn't we found a bunch of papers? Wasn't there a contract or or something? You know, I don't believe I saw any contracts. Faye might have seen some. All right, let's go back up to Faye. If I got more questions, I'll come back down. 
He goes, yeah, no, just just keep interrupting. It's fine. It's not like I got a ship to run. It's not like I don't want to leave this ship as soon as we land and don't want to be impeded by an investigation over a dead person I don't care about looking at him. She's got a valid point. He gives a shrug going, all right, fair. Thank you. The sassy cat strikes again. Up to Faye. Oh, Faye. We come back up into the room. And, and cl traditional Kalila form. She opens the door. Hey, Faye, didn't we find a contract in the office? I believe we found a bill of sale of some sort, but it was a little bit illegible. Can we try and read it again? Yeah, let me pull out some tricks or something. Because if that's the potential contract that the captain signed to one of the maybe merchants that he supposedly talked to and told nobody about, that might give us a really good clue. What did you find out, Defibulous? Uh, the captain stuck stuck it in crazy way too often and he was hitting on some paladin that was a private and that ended up being some pretty high-ranking paladin and the holy city will shoot this thing down if they come near it hey that's what we meant to ask terry i'm gonna go ask him that really quick bye she kalila runs back upstairs to find terry hopefully at the top of the stairs still guess where he's at top of the stairs meanwhile yes. faye is shuffling papers yeah she goes, hey, Terry. Yes, ma'am. Making sure nobody's in earshot. Who was the paladin that uh, the wonderful captain pissed off and got you guys banned from the Holy City from? I'm assuming you know that. He thinks for a moment. He goes, I know that he may have had a child with a paladin officer. And when... It came to something. Uh, I believe it was like what the child will go study or something like that, or by what the captain would told me. There was an argument and he was told that if he ever stepped foot, he would be murdered or killed or have his throat slit, his tongue pulled out and gagged with Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. We know that life, blah, blah, blah. You guys flew too close to the city. They launched errors at you. He's He is banned beyond banned from what I've ever heard of. Who was it? I don't remember her name. I do know that she was a prolific fighter and was posed to become one of the higher ranking paladins until things happened with the captain and then she was no longer viewed as someone that could be joined in the field hmm now between you and me i don't believe that the captain believed that she had a child because she always wore plate mail so i believe that the question of the child was in was brought up in argument and that is what stemmed the banning hmm she goes, okay, thanks. She'll head back down. Welcome back. That didn't find up anything. What did you hear? That who that there would have been a maybe baby involved, but there was some questions about said maybe baby. And that's what caused the fight to get him to be banned. So whoever it is has some rank in the Paladin Order and is a strong fighter. That's all we know. The only person that fits that is that one liaison gal that we met once that Clyde had to go talk to? she wear plate mail? Yeah. Then maybe it was her. Or somebody just like her. Either way. As I say, don't most paladins wear plate mail? I don't know. Probably. 
But that's some serious pull to get an entire airship banned and threaten to kill someone, rip their tongue out, and all that other fun stuff. Uh-huh. And also, if they flew just happenstance too close to the Holy City, they actually fired arrows at it. Like, that's an enemy of the city. Do we have a way to contact the Rat Scholar? No, he won't give me a piece of chalk. <laughs> Can we call him? I thought he gave us, like, a stone to call him. Nope. No, no, he didn't. Rude. Right? That's what I've been saying the whole time. Even just a little one. Let me just draw a window, stick it through kind of thing. I don't know. I don't even have a carrier pigeon either. Not that I ever had one to begin with, but you know. Should we get one at the next town? No, because I don't know anything about caring, caring about birds. Mm. I'm good at hunting them. I can shoot one, but I don't know anything about caring for them. How about you, Faye? I never had pets as a child. Really? I did not. Pets are fun. I'm sure they are. I just didn't have any as a kid. Unless one's a rust monster, and then your someone gives it to you as a pet, and it eats your parents' projects. That sounds lightly traumatizing. I thought it was funny. My folks did not. I just have Hugin. She pets her spider. So what'd you find out in the papers? Hugin is a good boy. Um, I do remember that we came across a bill of sale of some sort and couldn't make it out. Okay. So if you roll a praise, since you have it, you can try to do stuff to make it legible. I help. All right. Can I help? Sure, you can all help. I rolled a 15. Okay. I have rolled a dirty 20. Are we adding any bonuses or just aiding? Uh, a praise, but you're going to, if you succeed, you, uh, you'd add a point to her. I rolled a 19 total. All right. So what'd you roll, Faye? Dirty 20. So you got a 22. As you all sit down try to figure out what's been written, you start to notice that the captain had sold part of his stock in the Murdoch. You can't figure out the name. The name has been written over multiple times as if he knew that he needed to hide that he sold it. You continue digging and you notice that he also sold it for about 70 platinum. His share? Part of his share, yes. Oh, okay. Um, so basically, someone is holding his platinum in some bank somewhere. So he technically is a... To sell the Murdoch, they would have to find this person as well. And no one knows about it. Correct. Does it have a smell? It smells like the captain's room smelled. Of course, Faye also carried this thing around with a bunch of perfumed letters, so it might also be a mix of perfumed letters. It's doomed now for the sniff test. Got it. It's all muddled up. Okay. I did find my notes. I, I typed them up. I didn't have them handwritten anymore. Um, my notes indicate that we found a bill of sale of some sort for quite a large amount. There were some gaps in the writing where the ink was used lighter, but I can guess at the sum near to 100000 or so. So that's, that's my handwritten notes. Or not my handwritten, but that's mine typed up from the handwritten notes. Mm -hmm. Oh, guys. Hmm. I found out who would have been the one to bring the, line, the food to the uh, captain at night. Who? Terry or the head cook. I believe we confirmed that Terry took him his dinner. Yeah, I thought so too. Terry was very upfront about that. And there were a what few if... hours between dinner and uh, demise. <laughs> What if Terry's hiding, covering for someone? Because, I mean, Terry sounds like he's gotten screwed over on this entire deal with the ship. Uh, the crew says that Terry's a good guy. He's always willing to help. But 
the captain was gave them the excuse they wanted he wanted to hire someone with more skills that could help run the ship and fly which kind of screws Terry if this thing gets sold I don't think Terry has anywhere else to live so killing the captain would be in Terry's best interest okay so let's explore what happens now now that the captain has passed is this bill of sale that we have discovered still valid is there can whoever has it can they cash in on this that would be a question for the first mate. It sounds like he probably knows those answers better than us, the legalities of it. I was going to say, I think legality-wise, I think it's still it's still valid because the sale occurred whether the rest of the crew knew or not. Yeah, and two of them out of the total of four, so two out of the three were like, we don't care as long as we have our job. So we need to talk to, what was it, the engineer? Navigator. What, the last year navigator. Before. The navigator to see what uh he which way he was leaning. Did you make any connections with him to Fibulus? Maybe you could go back down and ask. I mean, he's talked to me. He's said the captain's a pretty cheap guy. He stuck stuck it in crazy too often. Um that seems to be the consensus is he was cheap, good at his job and stuck it in crazy. If not good in bed, at least actively in bed. Um he did he did actually get his arm broken and a dislocated hip after uh, a night with a orcish woman. Delilah's just gonna make a face. He's also been with uh, lizard folk, rat folk, dwarf. You, you, you know, if it's got legs and lady parts, he's probably been with it. Oh, Captain. <laughs> and I mean, probably, you never know, could have been a couple animals in there too by the sounds of it. And he pissed off a lady so bad enough to where she might have had a child with him and got into a fight about it and was severely banned. Not just banned, severely banned from the Holy City. I'm still con- I know, I know Terry, I thought, had family in the Holy City. He does. So, it kind of makes you wonder- I mean, it makes you wonder, does- I find it hard for someone who who's a native to that city, because everyone there seems to know everything going on in that damn city- that he wouldn't know who this paladin was, especially if she holds rank enough to, and enough influence to order a ship, an airship shot down. Uh, she's up there, but he just refused. Uh, what if it's a family member of his? He could be covering. That's possible, and he could be really good at it. He did also state it was a human female. He did state it was a human female. Is Terry human? No, he is Elvin. Oh, I missed that part. Oh, okay. So unless there's like some like mixed racial households going on, uh, elf human, they are at least different races. Oh, also the automatons are stuck on tracks upstairs the gambling room. They can't come down. And the captain opted not to have them upgraded to keep an eye on stuff and catch cheaters and other stuff. I still have to go and talk to the dwarf merchant. I haven't made my way up there. I still was talking to Terry and had the question that I wanted to ask the first mate. But Karaganok, Karaganok uh, is a mithril miner who pretty much wants to buy this place to upgrade it into mithril and use it as like his traveling office slash casino party time, I guess. I, I don't understand it, but that's what I was told. Hey, Dan. Yes. Is Karaganok the mithril seller? Uh, is he big enough that Defibulus' family would have heard of him? Karaganok. Karaganok, my mistake. Not Noth. Starts with a K, ends with a K. Karaganok. Roll your intelligence. Straight roll. No mod. 
Yeah, straight roll with just that modifier. How about a nat 20? You know exactly who this man is. You also know that your parents have made the joke of he could buy and sell kingdoms three times over and still have pocket change for a very fancy dinner. Bitch be rich. He doesn't just own one mithril mine. He owns about four of them. Damn. If he does it, oh, I know who you're talking about. He is also, the rumor of him choosing between purchasing a mine and a wife isn't necessarily the case. It was his parents put the option of you can get married, but he was not interested in any of the females that were put before him. So he took the dowry of what his parents would give and purchased a mine. After his parents passed away several years later, he just continued to buy up mithril mines. And made bank. Yes. Defibulous will share this. So yeah, I know this guy. Well, I know his reputation. I didn't deal with him. Do, do you want to go talk to him instead? Because I'm going to be the real awkward one out of... Come on, look at me! I don't know anything about casinos and mines. Okay, does, does Faye know anything either? Faye would know a lot of like what Defibulous had known. On top of this guy also has some severe luck when it came to purchasing these mines. Some of them only found one vein, and when he purchased it, all of a sudden he found a massive vein, or it went into other... It chained. He found more veins. Yeah. Um, and he is... He doesn't keep female company. Ever. Does Faye know any rumors about that? Rumors, but nothing has ever been concreted. Rumors can still work for you. Okay. Um, hmm. What are the rumors? I sense Defibulous is going to get sense to talk to this guy. Uh-huh, because you don't have female parts. Brush your hair. Brush your hair. <laughs> Let's make Defibulous look a little prettier. Comb out the bare feet, <laughs> brush out the hair, fix the beard. I feel like I'm being sold. You know, just a little gnome escaping. We're good. <laughs> oh my god, gnome escaping. Defibulous was never seen again. <laughs> At least you're not getting yeeted over the side. I could be getting yeeted, not in the way I want, though. <laughs> Look, you still retain the power of no, okay? Just go talk to him. Then we'll try. It sounds like he probably doesn't like females. That's right. Just throw the gnome under the bus. I can paint <laughs> you yellow while we're at it. Call you a speed bump. Oh, no. I'm fine with just the color I am. Thank you. Like, go on. Go talk to him. I'd like to put it on the record that I am protesting this. Do you want me to try first and you to go last? I mean, how do you want this? Okay, look, you you, you don't have to buy him a drink, okay? That sends the wrong signal, but you do need to go talk to him. I don't know. Maybe that'll help him. Maybe buying him a drink is the right tactic. I don't know. Play that part by ear, but go talk to him. <laughs> I have a safety word while I'm at it? Cucumbers. I don't know. Would you like us nearby for backup? I can send Hugin with you. He can tangle him up if it gets too too dicey. He might enjoy that. He might, which will just win our favor. <laughs> I am still objecting to this, but I will go talk to the dwarf. Thank you. I'll help you steal two robots for it. I'm holding you to that. All right, I'll help you steal two robots. Now go talk. 
Just be your usual charming self, okay? And please, explosions to a minimum. I get to blow stuff up? Sure, go! If you think it would be impressive. Oh, <laughs> every explosion I cause is impressive. You know, he's not wrong about that. There is plenty of alcohol up there. I could use an automaton. As he's going out the door, just smothering <laughs> himself. Crosswire an automaton, pour some alcohol in the battery, light it on fire. Hey, Mr. Terry! Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> the GM's laughing too hard. Um, do your automatons explode? They are programmed not to, as well as they have multiple safety systems in place so that their oils do not leak. Uh, they should not explode. What about hypothetically if, like, something got mixed in with the battery power area and then lit on fire? Well, they are directly tapped into the Murdoch's engine systems, so... If they explode, the Murdoch would explode. Bad system. Here's a question. How are they running if the power's been, if the engines are off? They're running on the backup systems. That's why the engines are taking so long to power back on, is because uh -huh. the automatons and the music are using multiple power. There should have been some redundancy in your power supplies. I am not the engineer, as well as by what I've heard, the captain voted that to not be a thing. That was probably because of money. Well, your captain kind of sounds like, yeah. Not nice to speak about the dead, but your captain was a dumbass. No one has passed away here. He is just indisposed. <laughs> Disposed, right. You're in a public hallway. Oh, yeah, that's true. Anyway, Defibre's like, all right, well, that was my question about exploding robots. Harry gives you an odd look and lets you pass by. Defibulous will go look for the dwarf. He is sitting at the buffet, chomping away at what looks like a leg of mutton. Does, does Defibulous know what type of drink this guy does like? No. One thing you do notice is his beard is combed and laced with what looks like strands of mithril and mithril beads. His hair is slicked back and tied back with a mithril cord. His clothing is a brilliant red, and his shirt is a dark black. His boots are finely polished with the tip of mithril that is, looks like it has been carved intricately. He seems very quiet and is just seeming to enjoy his meal. As both Faye and I are over here fanning ourselves like Lady Do. Mm-hmm. if the gnome gets carried off is what you're waiting for. Hey, we were helping you with the gnomescaping. We love you. Defibius will sit down at the buffet next to him. He gives you a nod as he continues to eat. Defibius will get a plate and get a few things. And what was this? His name is what again? Korganok. Korganok. Korganok, right? Yes, and you are? Defibius short round work around. Ah, such an interesting name. It means something, does it not? Uh, depending on how far back in the, in the heritage you go, yeah. Nothing else. What? How may I help you? Well, I just, I remembered you used to do have some business with my folks, and now that I'm running the show, well, it's good to get to know people who did business with my, with my parents. Hmm. I don't remember doing business with anyone named Short Round. 
Oh, sorry, short bolt. I go by short round when I'm traveling. Ah, short bolt. Yes, I've I've gone incognito a few times when I've traveled. Yes, your uh your brother decided to try to outbid me on one of my mines, and he quickly regretted that as I cut purchasing his uh purchasing per power for ammo. I don't like the idea of my mithril being used to how did he put it? Gut the gut his enemies with a single shot. He was very coarse. Uh, that's actually being pretty polite about my brother. But you don't have to worry about that, because he's no longer running the show anymore. Ah, did his wife take over? She was a peach. She did not seem to strike me as very business savvy, which is why I wanted her to take over. I would have been able to take everything from that family and they would have never known. Dad, no, thankfully she's not in charge. I am. Ah, well. Let's just forget about me taking everything that you own then, shall we? Oh, I appreciate that. I mean, the brother tried that and, it, and he, he ended up exploding. Hmm. It seems as if your family has a lot of explosions around them. Well, I mean, when you play with gunpowder or a- angry gods or other such weird things, explosions tend to follow. Angry gods? Here I thought your family didn't believe in the higher powers. Well, I personally don't, but that doesn't mean they, I guess, don't exist because they do weird stuff. Because you know how they are. Hmm. Well, so are you talking about starting business with me again? Well, I mean, you do sell, you do own most of the mithril mines and has some, the quality of your mithril is top notch. I appreciate it. It is always wonderful when someone acknowledges my metals. And I can definitely say that your your mithril will not be used to gut people. Mithril that grade should be used for fine finery and fine work, not bullets. He turns a little bit, leaning back in his chair, and he goes, Ah, I like the way you think. I've always believed that mithril should be a sign of status. Using it for armor is one thing, but could you imagine this ship decked? in mithril, hand-carved, laced, replacing these clunky, tracked turnbots with something dipped in mithril, something that has abilities to roam more freely. I mean, free-roaming automatons would be so much more beneficial to the crew and to the passengers as they wouldn't be confined to one floor. Now they can, they can service everyone everywhere in the ship. Absolutely. Now, see, I was thinking what you could do is you could actually just have a storage area where you would have multiple. That way that you could keep some on each floor and they were able to travel up and down using some form of lift. Hmm. You know, the, uh, those lifts that they use in fancy, fancy mansions, uh, a similar one like that, maybe steam powered would work wonders for lifting those. Absolutely. I love the way you think. But I'm sure you're not trying to outbid me for the Murdoch, are you? I don't think your family has the coin for it. Especially if your brother's passing has occurred. Uh, more like... Your stocks would have dropped quite significantly. Yeah, there's going to have to be some restructuring. Um, I just, I don't believe in shoddy, shoddy workmanship or product, and my brother was pushing both, so... Hmm. Besides, he goes, 
if if I was to continue that line of work, your mithril would have no place in my business, which would make me very sad. Yes, it would be a shame for us not to work together. So, if you're going to be decking out the Murdoch, I'm I'm guessing you're you're going to be buying it then. Yes, I'm. He looks around. He goes, "I have a plan up my sleeve." You see, I have been working some, shall we say, back doors with the crew to uh, get what I want. I mean, for a business venture, yeah, you've got to do that. He nods and he goes, So, unfortunately, I can't let you in on my little secrets, but I do know that a ship of this quality would need protection. Maybe your family and I can speak. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure we could definitely work out an arrangement. He gives you a smile and goes, well, I do need to adjourn to my room. If you need anything, he slides you his room number and slowly walks away. Oh, my. I'm going to go the more blatant route. After he's gone, she's just like, Um... Perception check. A 32. With 32, you notice that Talsar has been literally watching this whole thing go down. She just raises an eyebrow and goes right back to work. Hey, uh, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. He's like, uh, who took the captain his meal last night? He goes, she just kind of shrugs. She goes, usually Terry does it. Would there be a record who took it? Sure, let me just stop what I'm doing. Let me just check the clipboard. She puts the knife down kind of roughly. Walks Sassy. over. Picking up a clipboard, she looks. She goes, according to this, Terry signed out for his meal. He ordered mutton, a light beer, and what looks like some kind of sandwich. Not something I normally keep on the menu, so I'm not sure where he went. I guess one of the automatons made it. All right, thanks. I'll go bug the, the automaton. Good luck with that. Phibius will go interrogate the automaton while the others do stuff. All right. Bay. I, I'm going to say that, you know, Kalila and I were hiding behind the door listening. <laughs> yep, we, we were totes, like, at the stairs, crouched down, listening. <laughs> or, you know, hiding behind the kitchen door, whatever. Or even behind the the, the, the chef elf. I, I don't care. We were totes. Hiding listening. behind Terry. Yeah. Yeah, just just standing there listening. Stranger danger! Stranger danger! It's cucumbers! Get it right! Danger, oh. Will Robinson. Danger. <laughs> Brass bolts, wrong safe word. <laughs> well, seeing the coast is clear, Kalila's gonna come up and go, well, that looked like it went well. Yep, the rumors of him, his creepiness, were accurate. Yeah, but what'd you find out exactly? He will tell them everything. Hmm. Well, this is interesting. But do we think he killed the captain? Also, let's go back to our room so we're not talking in an open space. Good plan. Great plan. Let's go. Ooh. We tend to do that a lot. Once in the room, DeFibius is like, no, I'm pretty sure he's not the guy who strangled the captain. He's the type of guy that would hire someone to strangle the captain, not do it himself. Yeah, he doesn't seem to like to get his paws dirty. He wasn't wearing red anything, was he? Yeah, his overshirt was red. 
Well, there was the fiber. Okay, if, if we were lurking in doorways, uh, also you were, uh, uh, Kalila was up there earlier. Is Does the red match what was used to strangle the captain? It looks like it is similar. It might be a hue, a shade or two off. Okay, is it enough to follow up on? I mean, that's up to you if it's enough to follow up on. Oh, right. Gotta be a big girl. Make your own choices. <laughs> Remember, the safe word is cucumber. Okay, maybe your safe word is. <laughs> As we all take a moment to ponder. I'm just laughing that I basically had to flirt with the fibulous. It was great. Oh, you know you loved it. Do we get a repeat? No. Encore! Oh, really? <laughs> Okay, what else was on our, our list? What else were we thinking? You Do we have any leads? We still need to go talk to the women. The vimmins. The, the vimmins. I guess it's our turn to step up and go talk to the ladies? Well, we could do that, or we can actually call this episode here and give you guys some time to contemplate your next move. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, so that's what we're going to do. That's going to be the end of this week's episode. Well, well, it seems as if the adventurers have found some clues. A captain who has a lust for love. A maybe, maybe. And a red thread attached to a very charming dwarf who seems to have a fascination for Mr. Bethibulous. Will he need to lay on more charms? Well, only time will tell me, friend. But, unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this night. And as always, my friends, may the Dice Gods bless your every roll. We here at What the Dice would like to thank Paizo for creating Pathfinder, Epidemic Sound for our music, as well as Sirenscape for our sound effects. If you would like to reach out to us, you can do so on Facebook, at what the dice pod twitter at what the dice pod and of course email what the dice pod at gmail.com and if you liked our little adventure please share us with your friends and rate and review us 